Today, Jesus makes a point, and as he goes on to speak about his role as our shepherd, the good shepherd, he talks about the voice of the shepherd, and that his sheep know his voice. They recognize it. Maybe like one of us would recognize, as I had when I was a child, our parents calling us in from playing with our friends. I used to get the whistle when I was, when I was a child. My mom would have this whistle, and it was, it, was, it was piercing. And it was very clear and very distinctive, and there was no mistaking who the whistle was coming from. It's time for dinner. As Jesus talks about his voice and the power of his voice, it's really, really important that we believe him. Jesus speaks to us in our interior lives. All of us. Not all the time, but he does speak to us. And his voice has power. His voice is guiding. And his voice helps protect us. It's very real and it's very powerful. Now we have to pay attention, understand, and take action when we hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. But there's a lot of voices. It's not just the Good Shepherd's voice. Jesus talks about a few other characters in this particular image that he uses of the Good Shepherd. One of the characters is the sheep, which is us. The other characters are the false shepherds, who care nothing of the sheep. And the last character is the wolf, which is the enemy of our human nature. So there's a lot of voices. We hear a ton of voices. We have thoughts that roll through our mind all the time. And it's important for us to step aside sometimes, to pay attention to which voice is this coming from. I'm agitated, I'm anxious, I'm sad, I'm angry. Where did this come from? The unexamined life is not worth living, Socrates said. Why am I feeling the way I'm feeling right now? Then I can take a moment, put myself in God's presence, and trace back my thoughts to the origin. Where is its source? The voice of the wolf? The barking of the wolf? The fear? The lies? The accusations? Or is it the shepherd? If I'm agitated, it's almost definitely not the shepherd unless it's our conscience calling us to the shepherd.
One of the most famous saints of all time is St. Ignatius of Loyola. Raise your hands if you know St. Ignatius of Loyola. Okay, so about two-thirds of us have heard his name. He's one of the greats in the church. He is one of the great reformers who changed church history. And God brought him forward in a time when we really needed it. Right around the Reformation, Ignatius was brought up by the Holy Spirit. He started eventually the Jesuits and started a complete reformation of the entire church. And St. Ignatius has an incredibly interesting story. His story was in the 16th century. That's when he lived. And he was one of these personality types. You might think of these high-intensity CEO types who have high ambitions, very intelligent, going to do whatever it takes to get to the top, to live life hard, and to achieve. That's St. Ignatius of Loyola. Now, he was a cultural Catholic for the first segment of his life, and then he had this absolutely massive conversion to Christ. He heard the voice of the shepherd. Just a quick quote about Ignatius. I want to talk a little bit about his story. One commentator on St. Ignatius said, he was a fancy dresser, an expert dancer, sensitive to insult, and a rough, punkish swordsman who used his privileged status to escape prosecution for violent crimes in his youth. One example of this is he ran across uh, a Muslim man who de denied the divinity of Christ, and he challenged him to a duel to the death. And he ended up stabbing the man, trying to kill him. He didn't end up killing him. And he had many of such duels. He was very determined, strong personality, brave man. And so when he was away at war, he took a serious injury. He had a cannonball basically almost completely go through his leg. And he had to return from battle and he stayed at his sister's house. And when he was at his sister's house, he had a very, very long recovery. Months and months and months. They had to break the, the bone and, and put it back in place and he had to just wait. And you can imagine in the 1500s what that was like. And so in the 1500s, they didn't have the kind of entertainment that we have now. So he wasn't sitting on his bed, popping painkillers and watching Netflix. He was at his sister's bed, and there wasn't much to read. Now, he wasn't really into his faith. He was a cultural Catholic. And so he asked his sister, what do you have to read? She just had a couple books, two books, period. Books were expensive back then. She had a copy of The Lives of the Saints, and she had a copy of what was called The Life of Christ. It was kind of a, a devotional book about Christ's life. So he read these, he got bored, whatever. 
would have all these hours where all he was doing was just thinking. And he speaks of himself in the third person in his autobiography. I just want to read what he has to say about this time when he was sitting there in bed, just thinking. And he read over them many times, talking about these religious books. He became rather fond of what he found written there, and putting his reading aside, he's, he's writing this and he's speaking in the third person, as I mentioned. He sometimes stopped to think about the things that he read, and at other times about the things of the world that he used to think about before, of the many vain things that had presented themselves to him. One took such a hold of his heart, so this fantasy that he was, he was in, just sitting there in bed, trying to kind of entertain himself, where he was absorbed in thinking about it for two or three or four hours without even realizing it in this fantasy. He imagined what he would do in the service of a certain lady, the means he would take so that he could go to the country where she lived, the verses, the words that he would say to her, the deeds of arms that he would do in her service, kind of sweeping this royal woman off of her feet. He became so conceited with this, he didn't even consider how impossible it would be. They were different social classes. Her station was higher. Nonetheless, our Lord assisted him, causing other thoughts that arose from the things he read in those holy books to follow. And while reading the life of our Lord and the saints, he stopped to think, reasoning with himself. What if I should do what St. Francis did? or what St. Dominic did. So he pondered over many things that he found to be good, always proposing to himself what was difficult and serious, and as he proposed them, they seemed easy for him to accomplish. And every thought was to say to himself, St. Dominic did this, therefore I'm going to do it. St. Francis did this, so I'm going to do it. And these thoughts lasted a long while, Yet as he considered the two thoughts, he would go hours in this fantasy, this kind of romantic fantasy. And then he would spend hours thinking about himself, living the life of one of these great saints who gave everything to Christ. He noticed there was a difference. When he was thinking about the things of this world, he took much delight in them. But afterwards, when he, was, he found himself tired and drained, and he put them aside, he found that he was dry and discontent. But when he thought of going to Jerusalem barefoot, eating nothing but herbs and undergoing all the other rigors that he saw that the saints had endured, not only was he consoled when he had these thoughts, but even after putting them aside, he remained content and happy. So there's a rush as he's considering the fantasies, as that's what his mind is preoccupied. There's this kind of rush. He's really interested in it. 
The same thing happens when he considers living his saintly life out. The difference is how he feels afterwards. As he's concerned and, and, and pours himself into this fantasy of the world, he finds himself dry, discontent afterwards. Not the case as he's considering himself as a saint. And just this last part. He did not wonder, however, at this, nor did he stop to ponder the difference between the two thoughts until one time when his eyes were open just a little. And then he began to marvel at the difference and to reflect upon it, realizing from experience that some thoughts left him sad and other thoughts left him happy. Little by little, he came to recognize the difference between the spirits. The spirits that agitated him. One from the demon and the other from God. It's important to open our eyes just a little and pay attention to whose voice are we listening to? Am I listening to a voice of self-hatred? How is this voice making me feel? Am I listening to a voice that affirms my identity and draws me into peace? and in the selflessness. Now, St. Ignatius of Loyola would go on, as I said, to completely start a revolution in the church and throughout all of Europe. And he came, and God gave, gave him this very powerful gift. He came to develop what's called the discernment of spirits. Learning how, through our thoughts, our feelings, and our desires, we know the source and the voice of whom is speaking to us. Does it have its origin in God? Does it have its origin in the enemy? He wrote extensively about this. And I can't talk all about that right now. It is very interesting, though. It is very helpful. There is a book I want to recommend, actually. It's called The Discernment of Spirits. An Ignatian Guide for Everyday Living by Father Timothy Gallagher. This is kind of a classic, and it is a phenomenal read. It is not a difficult read, but it is helpful for helping us to hear the voices. He breaks down Ignatius' teachings. What's most important, though, is that we stop life of prayer, we pay attention, we understand, and we take action. The voice of the Lord is powerful. He is real. He is in every single person in this church's hearts. Jesus, help us to recognize your voice, the voice of the Good Shepherd, 
Open our eyes just a little. Help us to be enlightened by your Holy Spirit. Help us to emerge from the cave of darkness into the wonder of the reality of light. Give us the gift of discerning your spirit and the enemy's spirit in our lives. Help us to find our identity in you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us.